0: Hello, listeners. Welcome to Freelance Friday with Vay Casey, a podcast all about freelancing through the opinions and experiences of freelancers. And today on the show, we've got Jeff Rogers, who is a designer. And do you do anything else? Or is it just design stuff?
1: Yeah, just... Would you call
0: I yourself I tell like my mom's
1: friends, like I do graphic design and illustration. <laughs> you okay, know? cool. And I do, yeah, it's, it's always... A little bit too boiled, you know, like simple way to put it, but I do a lot of different things. But that's basically it.
0: Okay. I uh I'm glad we're finally getting to sit down and do this. And I know I feel like
1: it's been been thinking about it for a
0: while. And then our mutual friend Wade Griffith, who was on show early on a couple of years back, uh whenever I joined over here at WaxBase, he's like, dude, you gotta meet my friend Jeff Rogers. Have you talked to him? And every t- and like every time I talk to him, it's always Jeff Rogers, Jeff Rogers, Jeff Rogers, <laughs> my <laughs> oh. friend Jeff Rogers. And then I think it was probably, I don't know, it was probably four or five months before we ever actually met. Right. And then here we are now. I know. It's awesome. A few months after that.
1: Yeah. Wade's awesome. He's the he man. Is, man. I've learned a lot from him. Me too. He, uh. Call him Daddy Wade. Daddy. Daddy Wade. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy Wade. It's true though. He like, he, he's one of those dudes who, he like forges the a, a path, you know, before, anyone else has. So he like back in the day when Flickr was the thing, he was the one using that. And so I was like, Oh, what's this? What's the, what's flicker? What is it? He's like, Oh, you got to show your work. And because of that, like that's how I started getting calls to do work when I was in New York. And then he, before that, like went out on his own, started his own business. And I was like, what are you doing? You got to work for somebody. He's like, Oh man, I do my own thing. And so he is like, there's several things like that where, it's good to have those people who are like doing something, you know, before you just kind of show you, yeah. like, you know, like it can, it's possible, but he's one of those dudes and he does it so, so well. And with such confidence. So, so what's your story, man? How did you get into all this stuff? Obviously he plays a part in that. And I'm sure. we yeah. Did that. Yeah. He, he does actually. But, um, I mean, where to, where to begin? I mean, I, I graphic design is, is such an interesting, uh, profession just because you like so many people have different ways that they get into it like i've known graphic designers who were scientists you know went to school for you know biology and then got a master's in design i've known people who are like were you know in culinary arts that got into it or you know like me i was always drawing and painting and um was definitely keyed up for fine art when i went to college I was starting out as a music major, actually, and um, his music is the the other kind of thing that I am passionate about. Um, But I was like, "Well, I'll be a painter," you know. And then I realized about my junior year of college, like, I'm going to be poor (laughs) if I do that, which is you know kind of like a young, naive thing to think. But I'm kind of glad that that thought popped in my head because. That's what made me think, like, well, I, I should learn the computer, you know, and uh, try to get, try to get, you know, some experience with, with that, so I can make a living, and maybe I can paint, like, keep painting, but I can go get a job, you know, using the computer.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: But um. So, so like you'd have
0: music as like a backup back as like a side hobby. Yeah. And then you'd have like painting as like yeah, a hobby the side, hobby. Side.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> I I mean, he was very busy. <laughs> I've always just been busy. Like I like being busy. Uh, my brother, my I have a twin brother. He was always the one who was like a, you know, playing video games. And maybe it's because he was so good at video games and whenever he we would play, he'd just kill me. Like at whatever it was yeah. so it wasn't fun yeah so i just like whatever i'll like go do something else but, you can't um, paint as good as me yeah yeah i can draw pictures i still say that draw pictures good <laughs> but uh because now he's he's awesome but um more I will, i'm i sure i'll start talking about my brothers uh too uh, at some point but um yeah but in college so i could change my major graphic design and then that kind of like i found that that sort of scratched the same itch as far as like creativity and making stuff once you learn the tool you know because that's all it is is a tool um just like you know a pair of drumsticks is or a paintbrush to be able to use to say something you know and like learning that language eventually your proficiency level kind of gets up to where you can just speak with the tool you know at least that's how i see it but um so i Barely dipped my toe, and by the time I graduated, I was like, kind of, I knew a little bit. Like, my, my portfolio when I graduated was so bad. <laughs> and, uh, which is fine, you know? Because I always thought, in college, I was like, well, um, by the time I graduate, I'll know everything, and I'll go get the coolest job, you know? And if I don't, then I'm a huge failure, you know? Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. not how, you know, I learned pretty quickly that's not how it works the your graduation from from college was my the starting point not the end mm-hmm um, so I forget,
0: like at that point you have a lot of <clears throat> like theoretical knowledge yeah but it hasn't
1: been you haven't had a lot of time to really right. prove it and have experience putting all it to use yeah like in context yeah with like Working with people and navigating different personalities, which is like a huge part of it. Dealing with clients, learning how to, you know, ex- express an idea, you know, in a way that somebody is gonna gonna understand and kind of come with you on it. Um, where in college you're just kind of in your head, and and I'm sure there's some programs that kind of get you ready for that stuff, but at at the time the program I was in was pretty young and it was very focused on fine arts, which is great. I'm actually really like grateful for that now because that, that spending all those hours painting and drawing um, really made a huge difference to my work going forward in design. I didn't see that for like the first five years really bitter. I was like, I didn't
3: even learn Adobe illustrator,
1: you know, <laughs> but I'm like, well, learn it, you know, yeah. just, it's not that hard. You don't need somebody to, you know, hand you, you know, it's like, if you want to do something, just do it. Um, and it's easier said than done a lot of times, but really you gotta be, you gotta take ownership of, and I learned, you know, that's another thing I learned down the road was, and if you don't don't take ownership of your work, then you won't do anything and no one's going to care, you know, no one's going to do that for you, you know, but, um, I have a specific story that I'm thinking about there, but but to like move backwards and like give you the fa- so like i graduated and i went on tour with a band playing drums um aaron watson who's a country guy and he's pretty famous now but um i don't really listen to country music yeah, and either. he yes he's he's more like texas country and uh so I, I didn't really but he strolled into where i was working he was like hey can you come on the road with us for a few months this summer i was like i guess so I got my friend Dylan Sneed who's an awesome songwriter and musician to play bass. I was like, only if Dylan can come too, so we can have fun. And like, you know, stand in the corner and, and observe the weird culture of the, like the honky tonk, like Texas honky tonk <laughs> circuit, you know, together. Like I need
0: somebody of my own people. With yeah. Me.
1: Yeah. So that we did. And then it ended up being a year and uh, it was a crazy year. But then after that I ended up getting a, a really lame graphic design
3: job and was there for like three and a half years. And then, um, couldn't get out of it and uh i'm not sure how much i should talk about that but
1: really it was i was so desperate to get something better like to get another job and that was another misconception i thought that a job was gonna give me the opportunity to make great work you know like i thought i had to have a really great job to Uh, be able to make great work which is like totally the most backwards thing ever now now i know so It wasn't until you know I was at this place for three and a half years that I was desperate enough to go and try to talk to people about what I should do. Because before that, I was so self-conscious, and I was like, "If I'm going to show anyone my portfolio, it's got to be like perfect." And it wasn't. But I didn't know how to make it better because I was just by myself, basically. I didn't have a mentor or anything at the job. I was like, they promoted me quickly to run this design department and i was like totally not qualified but i was the one who cared the most so they put me up there and so but i just didn't mean anyone to tell me what to do or like give me any guidance so i went looking for it around dallas and uh that was the best thing ever kind of like changed my whole life doing that like putting myself out there which feels like so uncomfortable especially when you know your work is not great and sitting in front of these badasses you know it's yeah like, like, you've what been can port- i do?
0: and you've been like trying to it takes yeah. a, a lot of uh a lot of humility
1: yeah yeah and just be like i don't and for me it was like desperation it's like tell me what to, i don't tell me what to do like how do i fix this i know that it's not as good or very good but i was surprised because most of the time it's like well this thing here is really working and like but if you tweak this thing in this way like, see how that could be, you know? And like, it was so great. And then I would, I'd be like, this is so helpful. Um, is there anyone else you looking at my stuff that you would recommend I go to talk to out of just authentic wanting that? Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, yeah, I need to go talk to this person and that person. And then I would like go and talk to those people and like, oh yeah, Bill over here said I should come talk to you. Oh, Bill, how's he doing? Good friend. Yeah, come on by. So like, and it wasn't until like, After a couple of years, I was like, oh, that's what networking is. (laughs) You know? Like figuring it out that way. And like, that's how it works. I did it. That's what I've been doing is networking. (laughs) It's like all I was wanting to do is to get better, you know? And that's what I tell people all the time too is like if you want to get out there and talk and get your work seen, approach it as like a I want, I want to get some advice on what I'm doing. Not a, I need you to hire me. Yeah, but
0: actually, you have, to, you have to actually, you can't fake that. You can't, you can't fake like you
1: are wanting. No, it has it, to be it, real. It has to be genuine.
0: It has to be real.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you really have to want it. And I did, like more than anything, um, which is why it worked so well. And after, you know, I got ended up getting another job, then we just my wife and I decided to move to New York. And a few months before we moved, I was getting calls from like the Richards group and some people to come and work there. Cause I've been talking to them and I kept in touch just, I mean, as far as like showing your work and asking for what Mm -hmm. feedback. And then I I would like, I would, you know, I would, and again, this is all just out of genuine, like, so my thinking was, okay, they told me to change this thing and work on this. And so I would ask like, is it okay if I send you an email with the, like if I work on it and just to see what you think. And they, every time they'd be like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like no pressure, but I'm, I I would love to, you know, keep this conversation going. And so I did that with like several people. And, um, and this was like, you know, it's a long time ago. This is probably like, we're
3: talking 2006, seven. Okay. So, um, so a lot of those people, we just kept in touch. And, um, and then, like, two or three of those people were like, these
1: amazing studios. I'd be like, hey, then they needed someone. And I was there, you know? Like, they knew me. Yeah. And they're like, would you, we just had a designer leave. Like, could, can you come and fill this spot or whatever? And I'm like, I'm moving to New York <laughs> <laughs> with no job. But I'm like, thank you. Wow. It like finally happened. But you, it's, I mean, it sucks that you're a little bit late. Yeah. We should yeah. have thought
0: of me sooner, but I like, know. I know.
1: Thanks. But that's the other thing is like, just being, and I learned that little, uh, you know, approach from another friend who was several years ahead of me, um, was just be around, you know, you don't have to go and expect that you'll go and meet someone and then they are going to hire you. If you want to, if there's a place or someone you want to work with, it might take, you know, two years or something before something actually happens yeah. or it might not ever happen. Yeah. But the point is to get yourself like a face is important, you know, because nobody's going to hire someone from an email or something. Like it rarely happens. Yeah. It's, uh, from us I, that as I, as work I've, for anyone.
0: <laughs> as, as, as I've tried to, because oh, over the years, man, I've tried a lot of different ways to market, and yeah i mean cold calling cold emailing right. all that stuff and i can't think of a single time that that's ever paid off right or done anything for me yeah uh i mean maybe i just didn't do it enough but it seems like the relationships that i've developed slowly and over longer periods of time are the ones that end up paying the best dividends
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and where i wasn't just where i was like legitimately trying to get to know somebody and build a relationship versus yeah. a really quick like ramp up and job. hey, and it almost feels similar to like a building a friendship with somebody or like a dating like a romantic relationship mm-hmm. where it's like i'm not gonna you're not gonna rush into something real right. fast and am like oh cool cool i'm looking for this
1: you're looking for that all right let's go
0: I'm like oh, hold on i want to yeah. make sure that you know make some smart decisions yeah. about this
1: yeah yeah no it is it's true and i think it comes back to that idea of authenticity too and just being like i because we all want to work with people who we respect you know so those people seeking those people out and really like genuinely wanting to you know get to know them you know whether that's like someone who you could like collaborate with or or work like you know future client or something um but you know again nowadays things are so crazy with Social media, and we were just talking before about, you know, you can get work from social posts and a lot of cool things can happen from that too. But as I've worked over the years, a big advertising agency in New York, and then having some pretty big clients, the thing I keep coming back to is like the the best uh and most fulfilling types of jobs are those jobs where I like know the person, you know, like we have mm-hmm. a relationship. A friendship, you know, where I know what they're doing, they know me. We can just work on it. We're like pals, and that's yeah. rare a little bit, you know. But it's awesome. Feels to me more
0: in those situations, definitely more like a collaboration. Even, yeah. Even if they're hiring me, yeah. Where it's like, okay, I, the, I'm bringing my half of the table, which is whatever the work I'm doing. Is you're bringing your half of the table, which is mm-hmm. the money that we need to do this or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. And a point of view, a lot of the times, you know that's really valuable, and yeah, you're right, and that's the that's the other thing, especially after working on my own since two thousand and eleven It's been a little bit like I just crave collaboration now because mm-hmm. I know that if I can i'm just, I'm a little bit of a control freak, which is partly why I'm like you know left the agency and to open my own thing because I just wanted to run my life <laughs> the way I want it. But I have not joined anybody,
0: it's yeah. well, I'm still freelance. No, and it's
1: great. And I'll, I don't think I'll ever. If if I went and worked somewhere again, it would have to be a situation where I just knew it, them all, and we were pals, you know, yeah, or something. Yeah. Um, because this, but it's like I do crave collaboration. Because every time, you know, I work with someone and like join forces, basically, it's like the Voltron. A situation where you become like a superhero or, you know, like your combined efforts create something that's better than you could have done by yourself.
0: Yeah. It's a multiplicity yeah. or synergy there. Synergy. What, what, uh, so you, before you went to New York, you were, where were you
1: working at here? I was, um, so the, you're from Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I grew up in Plano and, um, I was working my first, that first lame job that I, that I mentioned, I say lame. I have, I try not to be bitter about things like that because it did teach me a lot, but it was it was hard. I was at um, SBC and it became AT and T. So downtown, and I was working in the proposal center. I was basically designing covers for proposals. Okay. For three and a half years. Oh. yeah. Which there was there were good. Like I I really try to you know take the meat and spit out the bones in situations like that where it's just like okay, well, what did I What can I get from it? And I did get a lot, but it was hard. So then I moved to this web design studio called RD2, where the studio was in a basement in West End, above or below a Chipotle with like, like wood floors. So if somebody spilled like their Coke, it would just drip down like, oh,
2: on you. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: I know
0: exactly what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's that was, wild. that uh-huh. They didn't do anything between the floors. To it's crazy. It's like, what? But in that job, I was so happy to like, not, you know, have to wear like business casual clothes anymore. And mm-hmm. like to get like a designery job. And I took this giant pay cut, you know, but I was so excited. And then about nine months later, I realized that I hate making websites. So I was like, no, this, this isn't the right thing. <laughs> so I had to leave there and, and the, the owner and I just personality clash. Just one night I was like, I'm this, I'm done. I ended up in the hospital, um, from stress a fight or what? No, 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 I'm, no. <laughs> I'm no, done. Oh yeah? Probably been better. yeah, 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 oh, yeah. No, he, it was, it was hard because. It was, they were, it was just too, too stressful. And I wasn't able to take any time off. I was working all night and I ended up getting like ulcers and stuff, which I was like, yes, it's not, you know, yeah, not worth it. Hmm. Not worth it. So I left. That was the first time I was like unemployed. And it was like so terrifying. But then in the middle of it, I was like, no, oh, this isn't so bad. I'm like able to get out there and get a lot done during the day. And then within, Five or six weeks, I was working at a little sh- studio called Holt Design, which is where Wade and I were art directors. That's how I got to meet Wade. Um, and that job only lasted for about eight or nine months too before we moved. But it's like you never know. It's like Wade and I will be friends forever, you know. And if I hadn't uh, left that job and took a risk, and I would have met him. And um, it was like all those all those steps of like leaps of faith or whatever. You never know what's going to happen. You know, it's just like, I feel like I should go and do this and go in this direction, but I don't know what's going
3: to happen. Let's go. Let's just do it. But, um, yeah. So then we moved to New York and, um,
1: again, that's, that's another kind of cool thing that happened. Uh, the whole idea of the misconception that a, a job is going to give you the opportunities to make great work. um, there was an art director when I was still at AT and and Desperate, who told me his name was Paul Gerdy. Um, he, I was like giving him my spiel, like, "How do I get a better job if I don't get it, have any experience?" You know, all that stuff that young people like to complain about. And he was just like, he let me kind of finish, and he was just like, "Just do the work that you want to do," you know. And I was like. I don't, what what ta- do you, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what I want to do. I have no idea. What, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, <laughs> do the work that you want to do, and eventually somebody will start paying you to do that work. And at the time, I was like, you're crazy, man. I don't know. Like, you're, you don't get it. <laughs> Things are different yeah, now. Yeah, you don't understand, dude. But he 100% understood. The formula is a is field of dreams. You know, it's, if you build it, they will come. You got to build the thing first, and then you will get the opportunity Mm -hmm. you want, you know, it's not the other way around. And it's so easy to think that if I just had this opportunity, I would be able to make the coolest work ever. But the, it's like, Oh, I have time at night and on the weekends to work and do stuff that I want to do, which is like music posters. You know, I wanted to be like, I wanted to make gig posters. And so my wife's an actor, an actor. So she was in all these shows around Dallas and the smaller theaters you know, I'd be like, do y'all need a artwork? And they're like, yeah. I was like, I'll do it for free. Except I just, I can, you yeah, to let me do what I do yeah, it on my, own. Do it my yeah.
0: own. You're not going to have any like, anything. Great.
1: So I was doing like album covers and weird theater posters and all this stuff. And, and when I got to New York, that's the stuff I put in my portfolio. Cause that was the stuff that I was most excited about. And that was another piece of advice. Like don't, if you don't like something, cause I think I showed something to someone that it was like a real thing. It was like a poster for a college for their music program or something. But the poster was horrible because they art directed it into, right. into to death. Yeah. And it was this really horrible thing, but I put it in there cause it was real. And they were like, what's this? I was like, Oh, it's a poster. It was like a real client. And they're like, do you like it? I was like, no, I was like, so unexpected of a question. Do you, like to add a portfolio, you know, portfolio review and like, well, don't show it. If you don't like it, why would you show it? If you show something like this, you're just going to get hired to do more of this stuff. Do you want to do this stuff? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no. And um, it was so good to hear that, you know, like, oh, there's put stuff into your portfolio, the work that you love. And so that's what I did. When I went to New York, I got a meeting with Gail Anderson, who, if you don't know, look her up. She's a legend. Um, and I was naive and didn't know that yet, like the level of legendariness she was. So I was like, hey. So I had a friend who had her as a professor at uh school of visual arts. And so he kind of helped me hook up a meeting with her. And I had like theater posters in my portfolio and it was an advertising agency that did Broadway theater advertising. So she was like, somebody had just put in their two weeks notice like the week before and they needed somebody. So here I am, I show up with these posters and she's like, great. Can you start Monday?
2: Wow. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And I was like, "We're like, you're freelancing for, you know, six weeks to a couple months to see how it goes. And if it doesn't work out, then we'll just part ways, you know, but that's how we're going to start it out. And we'll either keep going or not, you know, like, okay like how much money do you need and I'm like I don't know (laughs) (laughs) nothing (laughs) I don't Uh, don't know I just did these for free because I wanted to yeah uh, I'll work here I'll pay you (laughs) no but it was amazing like and uh, it was also really 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 hard the first year was like absolute stress city it's probably good that you didn't know who she was going into it. Cause yeah. you probably would have hyped. I would, I
0: would imagine it would have hyped it up in your head yeah. more or something. Whereas... It would have been, I would
1: have been super like nervous, Yeah. but I just showed up cause it, like we had just moved there. I didn't know anything, you know, I was expecting to like work at Starbucks. Like I really didn't know having any expectations. And was your wife she acting? Mm-hmm. All right. So did y'all, what, I mean, what took y'all there? Was
0: it that just or wanted. To work to, or just
1: both kind of wanted to go? Yeah. We there? just wanted to see what would happen. And, um, we both, I mean, her way more than me. I think if she hadn't uh, slammed her fist down the table and said,
3: we have to do something. We got to
1: move. We got to do something crazy. Let's move to New York. I'm like, okay. If she hadn't done that, and she's very awesome, just a passionate person. And like, I kind of followed her out there. And then like all my wildest dreams came true. Things that I didn't even know that I wanted, like working there, starting my own business. I would have not have guessed any of that would happen or even that I wanted that to happen, you know? Yeah. But, um, and then she, she had a hard time because we moved in 2008 right before the economy like basically collapsed. She had just joined uh, the actors union. So we got there. She's like in the union, fresh face, economy collapses. No one's hiring anyone. Movie stars can't get a job. So I was just like, welcome to New York. You're going to, you know, she, I think she did. She had some like wardrobe experience. So she worked on Broadway shows the whole 10 years that we were there doing wardrobe. And she was in shows like she was she, she was in um, several shows, you know, eventually. But those first like few years was just like really hard for her. And I was like,
3: this is the best.
1: Like we were out (laughs) (laughs) you like the photographer's equivalent of like assisting or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so I kind gotta of work your way up. Or... Uh-huh. Yeah. So I was like, uh, you know, the fir- within the first two months of working at the agency, I come home they're like, uh, so the company's taking a trip to Florida to stay at the Ritz-Carlton because they take a trip every year, I guess, but no spouses are allowed. She's like, you uh. know, like, get in there like this, flying JetBlue, the whole company, like, <laughs> and we check into the hotel. They're like, just to put whatever you want, you know, just put on your room. I remember just like going to the bar and be like, are we really? I'm like, what's the most expensive whiskey you have? And they're like, it's this whatever on the top. It's $58 a glass. And They're like, I'll have one of those. And so he poured it, <laughs> literally poured it for me. I took one sip and like my pals were we were behind me. They're like, "We're going to the beach," and I was like, "Cool!" I put it down. It didn't even finish. Oh my god! I just ran out of the beach. I was oh. like, feeling so cool. Oh, cool! All right, I'll come back for another later. I know that was great. Thanks. We were ordering like three bottles of wine and like. I'm like, <laughs> what is happening right now? Is this for real? And that was you know. And then the economy happened. Then that's the last trip that they took. So I got there in the last one, but.
0: <laughs> Man, you got in just in time then.
1: I did. I did. So you were there for
0: 10 years, you said. Were you working for that agency the whole time? No, I worked there. So you were in Spot New York Co. Yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: okay. So I was working at Spotco for um, like the first three and a half years. And then, um, yeah. But I was in Dallas. I had gotten so used to coming home after work and working on stuff that I wanted to work on. I got to the point where Spotco, I mean, I was working on... Broadway theater posters. How fun is that? I -hmm. mean, it was really fun, but I would still, I just was in this habit of coming home and working on stuff. So I just kept doing that, even though my job was finally fulfilling, you know, just like the thing you wanted to do. Yeah. Cause I was just like, I couldn't just sit there or something like Mm -hmm. I had to keep. So I was experimenting with all this. So like typography was something that I really didn't know much about and wasn't very good at before I moved to New York. And so Gail Anderson is like type, type queen. Like she is one of the, one of the best at that in the whole industry. And so she like whipped me into shape pretty quick. Like that first year was very uncomfortable. Like she'd just show up behind your desk. Why are you with, a th- <laughs> with this thing? Ah! <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's like, why do you, why do you pick fonts? Like you're living in the eighties. Do I? I'm so sorry. <laughs> She'd like come over and just like elbow me out of the way. She's like, move over. And just like, tick, 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 and make something like amazingly beautiful in like five seconds. She's like, see, see how if you do this and that, these things relate to each other. And I'm like, oh, so it was like so amazing to get to like work for her and just feeling like I didn't know anything. Which
3: then I realized it's probably a good place to be. In general, is like the the like the the stupidest person in the
1: room.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know?
1: yeah. You know, even though it's so uncomfortable, if you can be there in whatever situation that is, you're just gonna learn so much more than if you were the expert or something. And it's that the like uh, gratification of learning a lot in a short amount of time far outweighs the discomfort of you know oh everyone thinks i'm stupid you know and, which and comes I mean, really along with you it. i don't
0: feel like people think you're stupid right probably and right and and really right in hindsight when i've felt a lot of those ways i feel like really it was just my pride uh-huh my ego wanting to be great or good yeah that i like i want everyone to think that you're like so amazing yeah And like bitch be humble just did bullshit. you like Casey, you're, you know, you're twenty years old. I know, I know, I know. Never been to school for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Self-taught, playing with Photoshop in high school. Like, sit down and listen to this. What this guy had to say. Yeah,
1: that's the other thing. Like, we'd have them jumping all around, but I would. I became the, the so so at the agency. They put me in charge of hiring freelancers and and uh, interns because I would actually, if someone asked to come and show their portfolio, I would always say come on. Everyone else would like ignore the emails because in Dallas, all the people that were like, yeah, yeah, come on by. And it made such a huge difference to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I have to do Mm -hmm. like, that's the way that I can kind of repay those people is to like, I, yeah, everybody's busy, but if I can carve out a piece of my day to look at somebody's book and, um, so, and then they, I was doing that so much. They're like, well, you should just, around like just hire we need interns or whatever. And so um and that's how uh I don't know so a lot of listeners might know Dana Tanamachi who um is an incredible designer very famous now but she is a she's a Texas girl and she came fresh off the off the plane from from uh UNT and um again she sent an email to Spotco to show my portfolio. And I met with her, and we needed some a freelancer. So I was like, "Sure, her work is awesome. Let's get her in here." So she worked at BotCo for about a year, and um, and then has gone on to, you know, do amazing
3: work on her own too. And um, it was such a cool thing to look back on because she um, giving kind of like
1: giving giving her like a, a an opportunity to work, um, and then to see how things have kind of flipped now. So I joke with her all the time because she has so much work coming in that she can't do some of it. So maybe two or three times a year, I'll get like one of her like runoff projects (laughs) where I'm just like so happy to get it because the budgets are always so giant. Which is
0: interesting to think how (laughs) that that happened because you were willing to take the time to sit down and and like look over her work. right.
1: You never, like, things are going to come back around, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But there, the whole reason I was saying this was so many people who were just graduated or, you know, they were in their first
3: year or two, they would come in and their resume would have, like, art director, like, as the first thing. I'm just like, just
1: chill out, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like, you're a junior designer. Don't. Pretend to be anything else than that. Just own your juniorness right now and soak in the knowledge. Yeah. Just be content with your, where you are. Like I get wanting to like be you know, like I'm. I'm so awesome and experienced. And blah, blah blah. It's like you've been out of school for one year. You know, you've had like one job. Just you're you're a junior designer. You know, it's okay. You know, if anything. As I'm thinking about it right now.
0: If anything, I feel like it would be better to downplay yourself because you may find yourself in situations where you realize, oh, there's some, there's some stuff i actually don't know that I'm learning. Mm -hmm. And they're going to like,
3: that's exactly right. You might skip over. I feel
1: like otherwise. Right. So if you're like, and, and genuine (coughs) enthusiast, like if you're coming into an agency or something that you would love to work at as a junior, as someone who has, you know one, two, three years experience or something. I'd be like, I want to, I'll, you know, I'll, I'm a a junior designer. I'm going to do like, I want to work here. I'll do whatever it takes, you know, I'll, I'll, because junior designers are usually going to be doing like a lot of production stuff, kind of a lot of the not, you know, quote, not fun stuff, but that's like a Miyagi situation where, you're doing all this production work on files and art and design that people above you and better than you have worked on. So you're getting a chance to tinker with that, that stuff yeah. and see how it works, yep. you know? So it's like, if you're going to be like, Oh, well I'm, I'm too experienced for production work. Then you're, it's, you're not going to be able to get and learn and go as far as that as you could. I, I think you'll even start to, you can even learn things that you don't want to do.
0: Yeah. Like I know for me, yeah. I, which is important. I, I interned <laughs> at a at a design for a studio or agency, whatever you want to call it, for probably six months, mm-hmm. uh, a year or two before I started. Before I was like freelancing full time, and I remember getting like, Photoshop files from some of the, des- the designers mm-hmm. that were just a, a clusterfuck of layers. <laughs> yeah, that were layer one thirty seven, layer one thirty eight a, or whatever oh, you know, nice. and just going through and like not even half of them are in use anymore. And I'm going, Oh my gosh, man, like clean your files yeah. up and make yeah. it user friendly for right. pe- other people that you pass it along. And that's one thing that because of having that experience now, I'm like, I now want you know how to, to try a to, file.
1: yeah. Yeah. I Which is somebody like,
0: else to come in and know what's going
1: on yeah. pretty quick. Which is really, really important. <clears throat> it seems like something that you wouldn't think about, but I mean, I, it feels tedious in the moment yeah. because you
0: have to take extra time to do that instead of just going, oh, I'm just going to add a quick layer. Oh, I'm just going to do it. And the
1: next thing you know, it's,
0: mm-hmm. it piles up
1: fast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so most of the time if I'm sending, it's like a magazine cover or something and we're getting all done. I'm like, I organize my own Photoshop files the way that makes sense to me. But then when it's time to hand it off, I like spend an hour. Cleaning it up, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and like make combining those layers that don't need to be separated and making sure everything's like labeled and easy to find. And if there are like, la- la- you know, making it as as easy to navigate as possible. Um, that's like people really notice and appreciate that, <laughs> you know, and that's what gets you a callback. Yeah, too. I've even seen before with. Uh, I'm trying to think of
0: where I've seen this maybe it was with maybe music files I've, da- I've purchased for licensing or something like that there would be just a txt file with a readme of just some basic information right. to help out with this navigating through the stuff the or whatever yeah or you know templates after effects templates or something yeah. like that so you
1: were you said you were there for a couple of years
0: that's
1: fun yeah for like three and a half years and then oh i was saying so i was coming home and is oh this yeah, what yeah, you were yeah. Gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. You, you said you would come home and hide and do stuff. Yeah, still. and like
1: keep working on, th- you know, and like every Saturday I'd get up and just like do a project, oh. you know, and, um, or I would sketch on the subway and all the stuff I was learning about typography was combining with like it would became the imagery of what I was making. It was letter, letter forms. And I was like so, so excited about all the stuff I was learning. So I was making all this stuff and, and posting it out on, you know, may I mention Flickr. So I was in the habit of just posting stuff out onto, onto Flickr and then that stuff eventually got shared you know um, across different design blogs and different things and again this was like 2009-10 um, that eventually like, I started getting calls to I think one of the first people was you know, it was like the New York Times called me to do an illustration for like the op-ed and then Nike called me it was like we we're starting off pretty strong, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. whoa, okay. Yeah, where there these art directors were out there back then, like that's where they were finding new work and stuff. Was all these design blogs, and
3: back then, it wasn't there weren't that many, you know. Um, so that got to the point where, and Gail had
1: had moved on at that point, and a lot of like, some other people had left, and things were kind of different. And I could do that job now. You know, like I had gotten really comfortable, mm-hmm. which so was like a big like mental stressor, right? And I could, it was just kind of got kind of boring, you know? Yeah, or like, yeah, I could stay and do that for ten years or something, and just be like, mm, bang it out and just keep doing it. But like, I wanted to keep moving forward, so I felt like the next thing was to, you know, all that work was getting, um, more lucrative and more consistent. So I was like, if I Left, I can just pick up and, and then my wife got a, a really awesome uh, job on Broadway making like more, way more than I was. And so I was like, here's a ticket. <laughs> so like, I'll stay home and like, like, sort of foster my business and trying to make some stuff. No, and honey, then, I'm not quitting my job. I'm
0: building a business.
3: Yeah. Come on.
1: Like in my robe all day. <laughs> but, um, but the funny thing was like two weeks before I, left the job because I I stuck around for like six or seven weeks to kind of just wrap some stuff up. And um, a couple weeks before my last day, her show closed. Uh, <laughs> unexpectedly. Oh, oh my God. It was like
3: <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> so we were both, you know, jobless basically. So about that business you're starting, yeah, Jeff. Uh, yeah. uh like, you sure you know don't want to stay at But things were like in motion and but then around that same time, I got like three big jobs um, from this magazine and Nike and something else. And I was like, that was enough. I knew that those two things were enough to like sustain me for the next like four or five months. Um, so I was like, let's go. Like there are those like road signs that you got to pay attention to. Yeah. You're like I'm headed in the right direction.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll like, I'll latch on to the fact that oh, two weeks before I you know, I leave and I'm so nervous that Nike calls and wants to do like five t-shirt designs and pay me all this money, you know, which none none of them got used, but still paid me. Yeah. (laughs) So that's how it goes at Nike. That's fine with me. That's cool. I know. I don't care. We like a funny story. One of those, one of those shirts was they wanted to do hairstyles of all these famous basketball players and like a painted like a barbershop. You know, like on the sides of building people would paint yeah, yeah, yeah. and that kind of like old school barbershop kind of style. And so we did this whole cluster of all these um, hairdos, like Larry Bird and Michael Jordan and all this stuff. And I, and I was like, what if we put their number like with the hair? So it was like a hairdo and like a number. I'm like, yeah, we're great. So like we made this whole cluster of, of hairdos and numbers, finished the whole thing. And then the art director was like, oh, so legally we can't shows likeness of all these players <laughs> it
3: was like, you couldn't have asked that question Isn't that before we started? Being
1: behind all of this <laughs> it's like that's not something you want to i would have gotten like chewed out because gail was big on to in into like you got to know your own your project if you are working on something. You got to know what's going on in and out. You got to talk to the account person, talk to the writers, you got to coordinate everything. And it's like, after a couple of years, she would just come around and just like fire questions out. Like, who's the account person? What's the budget? Who are you who are you thinking about for illustration? Blah, 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 blah. And like, at first she would ask a question. And I'd be like, oh, she's like, did you talk to the account person? Uh, no, go talk to the account person. Go talk to the account person. <laughs> you know, like oh, oh. get up and rush over there. But then like, I got, you know, I figured out how, how it worked. And after a couple of years, she would like, you know, blitzkrieg these questions. And I would just be like, bam, 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 bam with my answers. And it felt so good. Mm-hmm. But it also felt good to know what, like to really own the, the project. You have some freedom once you have some like, like okay, these are the
0: boundaries I've got. Yeah. I gotta you, stay in this. Yeah, okay. like this
1: is mine. Yeah. Like this is mine to do. and. It's again, shifting slowly from the mentality of like, I'm just, I'm just like helping out or something like my piece is like a little piece of this whole thing. And there, I'm sure that's going to get done somehow. Somebody's going to do that thing, you know, mm-hmm. which, yeah, I learned the hard way that no, you got to, you got to just own every aspect of, of it.
0: Sounds like probably why you end up,
1: ended up freelancing in anyway, right? Yeah. Well, I learned how to be a good like illustrator by working with all these illustrators and with a lot of really bad ones, you know, and I knew how to like do all this administrative, like I learned so much of that kind of stuff by basically being an art director and, and like running the, the project from start to finish and knowing all, you know, the way that she like demanded us to, to really do our jobs really well and so going on my own there was a lot of that stuff that wasn't really a mystery anymore it's like how do you invoice how do you what about this what about that like how like what's how what's the appropriate way to you know speak to a i don't know because i'd been doing it already and then i i was on the other side of the table and so i just became the person who i wished i could have worked with you know right sending really clean photoshop files and like plenty of bleed and like You know, um, getting things on time, doing extra and extra
3: like idea or two past the brief, you know, like putting in the effort. Um, There was a there were
1: a a few different illustrators and photographers that we just called all every time because they did that every time they're on time. They they just killed a brief every time, you know, they were. Just like awesome to work with, so it's like obviously, let's call Mark Stutzman. Let's call like you know this photographer, Andrew Eccles, was a guy that we always worked with. She he was the first for uh, Andy Leibowitz for uh, a few years, and he had some pretty crazy stories. I bet, man, (laughs) she's a legend. I know. Apparently, she like left him in the Salt Flats one time because she was mad. (laughs) She just drove off. Damn. (laughs) Golly, dude. <laughs> Savage. And he had all this gear, so he's like, well, I guess I'll walk th- the three miles to the road and you I can bring hitchhike. The tr- you didn't bring the solar panels with you, huh? Well, you he can go, it, go. all I had was a jean jacket. He was like, the temperature was, like, dropping so fast. Oh,
3: my gosh. That's a hilarious story. So, once you... You wouldn't want me to say that story, though. <laughs> what... When- <laughs> He was like, don't tell anyone
1: this. No, it's not on the podcast. Now it's here for the world. What's his name? No. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
3: what, a, so once you got out and you were freelancing, uh, I mean, what's kind of the story after that? Yes. Yeah. Um, which I guess is the, you know, a lot of freelancers listening to this. Uh, I will say I was really grateful that I had how, let's see, how many years was I like working for people? Well, like eight years. So I was really, really grateful for that time that I could like work at somewhere. Cause I don't know if I, I don't know
1: what would have happened. I mean, it might've been fine, but I feel like it wasn't as scary to go out on my own after that, just cause I had finally found that great mentor. Finally got to work with like a, a badass design team for a while and just my work got crazy, way better after doing that and working with people and being just out in the open, as like nerves exposed like every day. Um, so after, after that, um, like I said, we were both, my wife and I were both uh, jobless basically when we started the, this crazy thing. She quickly got another, you know, another gig and I, jobs kept coming, and I was like amazed. It was like this revelation: like, oh, now I have my whole day to do this work that I have been doing at night and the weekends when I'm like it's totally
3: spent. You now this energy—it was awesome. Um, so the first the first couple of years were great. 11,
1: so the, so 2012, I was like actually freelancing at um nickelodeon and so i would come in in the summers when their designers were on vacation and like i was kind of their go-to guy to come in for like a week or two um and kind of fill in which that was funny even after a year of being on my own i would go in and it's like this will be fine you know working at nickelodeon there's slime everywhere you know it's like just what you'd think it's the chillest environment ever everyone's super cool but like day two i'm like I got to get out of here. <laughs> like heavy, like confined. you no, like. <laughs> Oh yeah. Somebody's telling me to have to be here at 9 a.m.
3: It's bullshit. I don't they know They told what. you that too?
1: I know, I know, I know. Like it, it's just like, oh. um. So, the, so I like, and that to me is like, that's freelancing, right? Like when you're, when you're a designer and you're filling in a spot and you're like doing a job, a general job, like, now I would say most of what I do is is I'm like I'm running a studio. It's even though it's just me, people hire me for like my hand, right? Um, and like the point of view that I have. And Nickelodeon, that was a really fun experience. But I, and I was kind of doing my thing, but I also had to just, there were some like key art things that were photography based. So like, you know, doing production kind of stuff, like retouching and, Stuff like that too, which is just like, oh,
0: it's less of a, uh, I guess less of a, your own
1: work where right. you're like an artistic and more of a, just a, Technical, like a mercenary. Yeah. Yeah. Fill in worker. Right. Right. But while I was there, I got a call from, uh, DDB Chicago and they were like, Hey, we were doing this job for You know, like we're doing some work for McDonald's. And, uh, I was like, Hmm. Uh, and, um, like there's this new product that's kind of coming out. The spicy chicken McBite, and we want we have this idea for this commercial where there's like a mural or something, and some typography. And I'm gonna see if you're available. I'm like, Yeah, I'm like at Nickelodeon, but um, they didn't care. I just, I mean, really, it was such a chill thing that I put the phone, I was like, Dude, how do I might have like a job with Nickelodeon. Everyone's like, Cool, <laughs> and like, well, see ya, but um, but that that was crazy. So they're like, well, let's have a, let's have a call, you know, in a couple of days with the team and we'll go through, you know, the brief. I'm like, cool. So we went, like, we had that call and I was at Nickelodeon again. I was like in the hallway, like next to like this big, like the elevators. And they were like, so the the idea is that, you know, you would eat this, you know, the spicy chigmatic bite and be inspired to, you know, paint this mural on the side of in the wall in in your loft and your friends are going to be, I was like, wait, 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 you want me to be in the commercial? They're like, yeah. I'm like, whoa, (laughs) I thought (laughs) this was just doing some letter typography. And they're like, no, no, no. you would be painting the mural. Like we're doing, you know, we were uh, thinking about doing this. Cool. Stop motion effect. And I'm like, I'm not an actor. They're like, that's okay. Uh, we know that do you have a headshot? I was like, I just sat I'm not, up. I'm not, no, I don't have a headshot. I'm not an actor. I sit at home and draw. <laughs> so, um, and that was like, that was mid 2012. So I'd been like out of my own for like a year and a half. And I was like, I have made it. And my, so my wife, who is an actor and all of like we have all these <laughs> actor friends. I was like, so I'm going to be in a national commercial. And they're like, they were so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you know how hard it is to get a national commercial. And, uh, but that was such a crazy, crazy experience. Um, They ended up flying me out first class to LA, putting me up in this fancy hotel for like a week, you know, and like we went through everything and did all this prep. And it was like so nerve wracking, but it was like, ended up being fine. That's a whole story in itself. But I was like, well, now I'm famous. You know? Yeah, yeah. And no no, 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 nothing ever happened. Somebody, I don't, I was, say say I don't think, I'm trying to think, I, I can't
0: imagine many people being like, oh, dude, who's that guy in that McDonald's commercial? We gotta no. go, we gotta see if we can find him.
1: My mom was excited. Yeah. And it, like it, the commercial, <laughs> I mean, it, it played a lot. It was during the Summer Olympics in 2012, right? Yeah. And um, so it was playing every commercial break, like almost, You know, I, we'd be watching the Olympics and there's like, my face I'm like Do you have the video you have access to this video somewhere yeah it's on my website okay cool i yeah, put, yeah. put a link to that in the show notes yeah yeah but it was like
3: the one time i was in i was in Times square what was i doing i was i can't remember what i was doing but i think i was i was meeting someone or i was just out in Times square
1: standing there and maybe i was waiting for the subway or something and i i heard someone behind me go hey are you that guy from the mcdonald's commercial and i was like
2: (laughs) it's happening i was
1: like oh hey dave and he's like (laughs) just a friend like you suck (laughs) so like that was the extent of like and then like people on facebook my friends are like are you in a commercial like yeah they're like oh so that was it but (laughs) there's been a couple of times there's been people uh
0: here like there's a there's this uh, this lady I knew here in Dallas that moved out to LA a few years back and probably a year or two ago, I was watching TV and I see a Starbucks commercial. I'm like, holy shit, it's They're, a
1: phobia. Yeah, I, know yeah. I know her. It's always very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, wait, wait, wait. back that up. Mm-hmm. No, that's her. We were friends with the, for a while, I remember that Wendy's campaign with the girl and she had red hair. She's like, and she was like the Wendy's girl mm-hmm. for a long time. So she lived in our neighborhood and she you know, we were friends with her and she Got that gig. I think for like three years, she was, every like couple months, she would fly into LA first class. I mean, she was banking so hard. Everyone hated her. <laughs> she showed up to our little apartment one time. She had like a fur coat on. Like, just get out of here with your fur coat, Wendy's girl. But like- um, He's like, what? It was on sale. It's fine. It's it didn't not even cost real. me that much. <laughs> it's only $6,000. <laughs> uh, but uh, It's only 2% of my last check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the royalties. But um the uh but that so the funny thing there too is like I had like that set the bar for and that was the first time anyone had ever flown me anywhere to do any jobs, you know? Uh oh. Yeah. So I was like, what you've you done, McDonald's, what have you done to Jeff spoiled. Rogers? Yeah, so the next thing that I, somebody was gonna fly me out for was was a coffee brand in Toronto. So we were going through the thing and I was like, so, um, there's a, so is the, the car going to get me to take me to the airport? And they're like,
3: what? They're like, is the, are you going to pick me up for, to go to the airport? Is there a pickup? And I was like, you know, like a car. They're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> i are like, oh, okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> so they booked me out of like, um, Newark, which was like I had to get out there, which was like an hour oh, and a half. dude, it takes forever, man. Cab ride. I flew into there last oh, year horrible. for the first time like
0: and met some friends assholes. in Brooklyn. And I was like, wow, this is way over No, away. it's horrible. Like a 45-minute train ride yeah.
1: just to get into. Yeah, into the city. God, but the cat like I was like, oh, I'll take a cab. It was like more expensive than the plane ticket. It really was. God. But then like. I was like, let's see my hotel room. And it was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, definitely spoiled. So now I have like a, you know, a, a better, you know, a grasp of the expectation, which <laughs> it depends it on what it a is. Range. Yeah. 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 But I've gotten like, you know, that's, that's stuff that you kind of learn out the hard way. It's like, well, you gotta, you know, when you're negotiating, you gotta work in, if it's a travel thing, work in a travel, but figure out if, they're gonna be booking it for you, or if you gotta book it, and if you do, then you gotta work that in the budget. Otherwise, you know, that's two thousand dollars that is gone from your little measly thing, you know. So I like learning all that kind of stuff kind of the hard way and and then knowing like what I prefer and always pushing, like pushing for that up front. It's like I just like we're gonna have a car get you up. And I'm like, no, oh, I'm gonna rent a car. I don't, I like, for some reason, I just like to drive myself. Mm-hmm. I hate riding in cars with people <laughs> like when I'm on a job. Cause oh, I, can I mean, think, you like to be in control. Yeah, I do. I'm a control I'm the Same way. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll get a car like, well, we have someone like, no.
0: Automatic transmission. What is this garbage? Yeah. Yeah. I can select my own. I know, I know. Perfectly fine. Thank <laughs> you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, <I> no, <know>. exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I just did like last November, there was a job in San Francisco and it was like that same situation. But the job was in Napa, but they had me flying into San Francisco.
3: And did they? Yeah, they booked it and they're like, then we'll have a car. I was like, I'm renting a car. Okay. They're like, oh, uh,
1: like, I already did it. It's done. <laughs> Here's this receipt. It's only $100. It's fine. Just deal with it. And they're like, okay. But like, knowing that, because I'm glad I did that because there was another artist. Who was there and she had to end up waiting at the airport for like four hours because they like messed up her thing and Mm -hmm. then she had to get a car from they they put us in a hotel that was like 45 minutes from the site so she had to ride in a car and wait for the person to go back and forth and i could just hop in the car and like do my thing and um i don't know that's a stupid story to tell but no no i just know that i know It's funny, like traveling. Yeah, it does make a
0: difference, man. Because I've done, I don't travel much. I've tried to, you know, doing it both ways, where you have your own vehicle and when you don't, and especially if you're hauling gear around. Yeah, I don't. You were what? You doing acting gigs or what were you doing?
1: No, like
0: the the, for that stuff. Whenever you were flying out to like Toronto or LA. Oh no, I was just Like
1: like I, so it was like a the Toronto thing was a uh, for a commercial. So I was just drawing. And they okay. were just filming it. Okay. So I was drawing this thing out on this busy street for a, a day and they were like, had all the things. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just trying to kind of get an idea
0: of what that would be entailing yeah. as far as like for you.
1: Right. And I don't have like a bunch of. Normally I'll show up and then like go to Home Depot or something and like get what I need paint and brushes and stuff. Usually I'm not bringing much because. Normally, if I'm traveling, I'm doing some sort of installation or a painting or something. You mentioned before that the painting stuff
0: and the fine art tied back in. Is that kind of where the tie-in is a little bit then? Yeah, yeah, you know, it is.
1: Like or is that of, what you
0: had in mind or was there something else that you were thinking about?
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly what, and it, it all happened really naturally because, like I mentioned, being at that job, learning all this stuff. sort of opened the door to this world of letter forms and typography that I didn't know existed and using that in design and then making letter forms, the subject for like artwork basically. And now like the hand lettering thing is such a huge industry in itself. People call themselves hand letterers. They're like, which is so annoying to me, (laughs) but uh, like, don't put yourself in a box, man. But like me, for me, it was like no one was kind of, ah, that sounds so lame to say, like, no one was doing that. I was the, but like for me, it was really, it, it made sense, you know, because I was like paint, drawing and painting, doing graphic design and learning about typography. So those things all melded into one. And I didn't, I didn't paint for like five years after I graduated from college until one night there was a project where I was like, oh, maybe I could paint this. You know, and so I stayed up all night painting this thing in my studios that because you can
3: piece is like the first thing that I painted that was like type, not type, letter, lettering or letter forms, but, um, nomenclature,
1: but, uh, so, and I was like, totally, I was like, this is a thing. I love this. We've got to keep doing this. And I did like Ace Hotel. There was a, um, a friend of mine the same guy who actually introduced me to Gail Anderson, who was in New York, his name's Ryan Fear, an incredible designer, illustrator, good friend, uh, had a connection with Ace Hotel in New York. And he was like, hey, they're looking for people to make, you know, do these giant canvas, you know, wall canvases for their rooms. And the concept is to have a different artist do it. Like every room is like a different artist that has art in there. But they're just looking for people, I'm like, okay i've never done anything big before but uh they're like we'll
3: give you 500 bucks i'm like great awesome (laughs) face hotel (laughs) to do this giant thing and uh
1: i was like happy to do it because like the first big thing that i did and it was like again so fun i was painting and i'm like this is what i want to do you know this is like super duper fun So like, I'm still doing a lot of that, but also like more traditional graphic design projects and branding and where it makes sense. Cause I really hate doing like logos. You know, if you're like, oh, you're a graphic designer. Can you make me a logo? I'm like, no, I won't. I can't, not gonna do it. Yeah, that would be considered (laughs) branding identity. Right. And just, I wanna work with someone who understands that a logo fits into a larger like thing. It's a, it's your branding, you know? So, so you like, do, do you do, you do full brands, right? Yeah. And full branding. Identity, That's the only way that I'll do, do it. Okay.
0: I so you won't just do like a la carte, like just a no. logo or. Okay. okay.
1: Cause it's like, to me, it's like, it makes no sense. There's no just doing a logo. First of all, anybody can make a nice looking logo, you know, for me, it's. And I don't want to work with a client who is like short sighted. You know enough to say like all i need is a logo because it's like what's the point of that because mm-hmm. first of all you're probably not going to be making any money i mean yeah you can bang out a bunch of logo. like there's some people who do that and do it really well i just don't think i'm that good at just making one-off logos like if if i can think about like a full branding thing like with the brewery you know that that made sense to me you know where there's these murals and there's a point of view, you know, like it's a, it's a community. And so if there's a logo, it should be this because of all this other stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and the logo is kind of like a non-logo. It's like, it can be anything, you know, a kind of like the community, it's very diverse. And, you know, it like, it makes sense in the context of what the business is trying to do in the same way that the jazz festival, you know, it needs to feel fun and musical inviting. And yeah, we have a logo, but it fits in neatly in context with everything else, like the stages and posters and wayfinding and everything. Yeah, It's all got
0: to be cohesive and match.
1: Yeah. And so you build a logo knowing that, figuring out ways that it can like break apart and be used this way and that way and how it fits in with patterns and packaging and you know, and that stuff's super fun and really hard. but I And I love doing that kind of
3: stuff, you know. But just like we just need a logo. It's like, first of all, you don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I sound like such a snob. <laughs> and, you know, second of all, you can't afford me.
0: <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. What, uh, you mentioned that there was some stuff that you learned when you are at the agency in New York initially that felt like really prepared you well to handle being a freelancer. And I think you alluded to uh, some more of the kind of administrative side of things and maybe the non kind of creative stuff. Can you talk about that a little bit more?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was super helpful to, to work with other teams <clears throat> like the account, the account managers and the production staff and the art producers and the writers and like to know how everything fit together. Cause we our little department, we were six people and we were the ones that were coming up with key art basically for the for the shows. And so from there a direction was chosen and then that would have to get blown out into the digital advertising and taxi toppers and billboards in times square and like all this other stuff that the production team would have to do you know they they were and and there was an advertising department with their own designers so they would take this basically we were making posters but we had to know how it was going to work out in the in the world Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so we have to design the poster because that was a starting that was kind of the gateway into the key art um we'd have we sit down and do a poster presentation and that's where it all starts. So we were making posters, but we had to know, well, you can't rely like on an edge for, for a, like a concept where if you took it away from, there was a hand that was coming in from the, from the left. Well, what happens when it's like a super horizontal, like t- top of a taxi or like a banner ad or something, then your design is ruined because you can't have that hand. It's going to be too far over to the edge. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like t- attached mm-hmm. to the edge. So there's like weird stuff like that that you had to know how to, how to design a poster. Oops, knocked
3: on the microphone. Um, so, and then coordinating with, um, illustrators and photographers, it was just
1: like, for example, going up to, you know, one of the producers and like, okay, so I want to hire this person. We need to reach out, um, about, um, availability, and interest or whatever what is our budget and no one does this in the industry i feel like no one has ever except for editorial where they have set budgets for like a cover is you know three thousand dollars a half page illustration is 1500 you know where there's pretty standard rates across the board or they have their own and advertising it's like can you give us an estimate and it's like i always and I wish people would do the art direction to do this more. Like I always knew exactly how much money we had and how it was the maximum mo- you know, amount of money that we had. And I would tell the illustrators when I approached them about you know doing, doing some development, because we'd, we'd usually hire like three, if it was an illustration thing, we'd hire like a few different illustrators to do it. Then we would present those and they would choose, you know whatever direction they chose, then we'd, have, we'd engage that illustrator to go to final like we have $2,500 for, you know, this first round. And then if it goes forward, then we'll have, you know, $8,000 for usage for, you know, U S and, and London or whatever. And everything was spelled out. Um, so, and I would have to know like, okay, what's the full budget? What's the timeline? When, when, this opening when is the first ad because normally it was like a new york times ad that was like the first thing that went out so i had to figure out the calendar and figure out like when, when do i need sketches when do i need this when's the presentation you know so it was like coordinating all of that and then with the account directors after the show opened you know keeping up with like oh they need to like tweak this thing and how do we accomplish that like what's the creative approach to that and you know, we want to move more to showing these production photos instead of using this thing. So, how do we, how do we accomplish that and stay within the world of this artwork? And there's just a lot of that kind of thinking. Where yeah, a lot of it was like designing and playing and and like drawing and you know, but then so much of it was all that other stuff and just talking to people, people that you worked with and being comfortable with different personalities and learning how to navigate. Difficult people, you know, yeah. but probably helpful whenever you're dealing with clients, I'd imagine now to,
0: and just kind of thinking about the like overall project and, and where it might be, go. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. What about as far as, uh, like contracts or invoicing or pricing out projects? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you learn that stuff when you were there or did you have that and did you learn in college or where did you pick up that information kind of along the way?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was from Spotco because I knew what our budgets were for advertising and I knew that that was pretty low for this, you know, in like the industry standard because it was theater. Um, so I knew that we we're, I knew what our budgets were for artwork and for usage. And I knew, and I figured out like, oh, you charge, you break out an invoice into items where, you know, the person paying for it understands what's, you know, what they're paying for, mm-hmm. which is a huge, you don't just be like $30,000, you know, like say, well, here, here's all, here's how it breaks down. Like for development, you know, three rounds of revisions, blah, 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 blah. It's this much. And then usage for one year for digital and print or whatever is, is this much. And then, but, or, or, you know, it's like, and then you can tweak some numbers and everything has, it makes sense, you know, and I do that more, more for the clients than for me. Cause I don't, I don't care, you know, like it's all just a check. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like usage is usage is the thing that is more the most valuable. And so they need to client needs to know. And if it's an advertising agency, they already know. So you don't have to do that because mm-hmm. they get it. But if it's someone else who you're walking them through, okay, well, this is what you're like, this is what you're paying for. And, starting to understand like how to break all that stuff apart from like a, cause these producers, um, and I wasn't, that wasn't my job, you know, again, that was the account manager's job was to like explain the pricing to, to all these like big, rich fancy producers. But I still got in there and like trying to understand what they were doing, you know? And it like, that's where I learned like, well, they're businessmen. Or business people they have to be able to see exactly what, where their money's going and how, you know, what the return is and all this stuff. If they're doing like, a, you know, now, now with all the digital stuff, it's like, so easy to track everything. But, um, I still, it, it's not a, I don't really enjoy that.
3: side. Yeah, I just,
1: yeah, me either. I just know. How it's to, like, like something that we all have to deal with, especially
0: being freelance. Right. Like kind of that, uh, on the side—it's always kind
1: of there. It's like, ah, uh, yeah, got to deal with this. They got to do laundry, right? What? <laughs> so you just it- got how to know how it works, though, so that you can. It's like when I was designing websites. Like I didn't know how to code, but I knew how kind of how it worked. So I knew that I could design. Like I knew I. The same with like designing the theater posters and knowing how it was going to get all broken down. So I have to design it with all of those limitations in mind. Mm-hmm. You know it's like the same with invoicing and all that admin stuff. but um so when you pricing when you're pricing something, how do
0: you how do you how do you figure out what that number needs to be?
1: It's for me, it's like a combination of of a few different things, like what if it's a really traditional type of project, like like I mentioned editorial, that's going to be pretty easy because they usually have their own budgets. but if it's like Uh, a business, a local business who wants a mural, you know, I usually, I'll usually just like have a, try to have a conversation about it, you know, instead of just throwing a number because like it, every project is totally different and unique. Like some little donut shop isn't going to have the same kind of money to spend as, you know, like Google, but the job might be one that you really are excited about. So you want to figure out how to do it? Not that you want to get rich off of it. But I'm like, well, how, how much, what's, what's kind of like a good range of what you're thinking? Um, sometimes they're like, well, what are you thinking? <laughs> you <know? laughs> and so I'll throw like a range, you know, like a kind of a general range out, like kind of depending on this, blah, blah, blah. One rule I have though is like, if we're talking on the phone, which is kind of oddly rare these days, and they'll be like, what, what do you think? What do you think like an estimate would be I never, ever, ever say any sort of numbers. Like that's a kind of a rule, like basic rule. I'm like, well, I need to sit with it and talk, you know, like I'll sit and look at some other like projects that I've done that are similar and see if I can get you a range. Like, I'll never say like, oh, $5,000, you know, like, or something, because then that will always come back and bite you in the ass. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like, you always want to hit that sweet spot, right, with estimates. And most of the time you're, you're I'm like sending an estimate and I'm like factoring in who's the client, are they huge? Are they like a local? Um, what's the job? Is it gonna take tons of hours? Um, can I scale back the project if the budget's lower? You know, like can we do something a little simpler so it's not taking
3: so much time? That kind of stuff. Um, but oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. You know, I'm sure it was gonna be so
1: interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it just yeah
0: it's okay maybe it'll can't maybe remember. it'll remember yeah when come back yeah so do you have a, a particular process whenever you have an inquiry if somebody comes to you um,
3: and 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 says they want you, know, want you to do a project or they're interested in you doing something uh, say that they
0: don't have like a budget range in mind right what I mean, I, I mean, if, if you're open to talking actual dollar numbers mm-hmm. or anything like that, I would love to hear that kind of yeah. information and kind of how you get to exactly what you're delivering and what those line items are Yeah. and you know, how you, how do you calculate what usage needs to cost mm-hmm. and anything
1: like that? Yeah. A lot. Of, so I just priced out a thing for a client who will go unnamed because we just started. So I don't know what's going to happen, but they're a, a very huge client. So they want, they're opening a store. So they want a, this big mural and some different things uh, like a window installation. So I, and that just happened today. So this fresh my mind. So this is how I approached this as I sat and thought about it for a minute and I got all the details. So I asked for like, how big is it? Where is it? what's the walls what's the wall like surface like when when is the deadline how when can we be in there can do we have a budget for renting lifts and or should would that be all you know do you have a separate like a con- contractors that have equipment already that i could use? you know it's like trying to get everything in order as far as all the logistics um like for the window is it painting on the glass is it something that's hanging right inside the window if so, is there a separate budget for like, you know, producing like a physical thing and sort trying to get all those questions answered so that I can put together an estimate that like makes sense. So I'm just like, we want you to pay a mural. I'm like, cool, uh, $3,000, you know,
3: which sometimes like I'll do that. But usually if if it's like a smaller, you know, business
1: or something or somebody who's like or if I don't want to do it I'll just be like (laughs) $10,000 and if they're like great I'm like okay I guess Um, but usually it's like if I want if the project sounds really fun like I'll do you know like are we like no, no, Um, if the project sounds super duper fun and like a really good opportunity I'll the money is almost like Sometimes a value is something else besides money. It's like an opportunity or something. But back to this thing that happened today. So I haven't done a, a lot of big, big murals for huge companies, but I know of someone who has, and that's Dan, Dana Tanamachi, who I mentioned. And just at the end of last year, I remember that she did this giant um, installation for Starbucks in Portland. And um, so I am friends with her studio manager. So I just reached out to him. I was like, hey, I'm doing this thing for this company. What do you think a, like a good range would be? And he'd be like, oh, I'd say like 25, 30K for, for that, for something like that. I'm like, okay, great. Cause I would have said, I was like, I was thinking maybe like 15 or 20. He was like, no, no, that's lo- low, you know? And so knowing someone who is, has done similar projects and just kind of asking like, when you think about this range, especially like a studio manager type and it's hard cause like some people might not know that person or something and you're just going to have to like, you know, trial by fire, like kind of learn as you go. And, um, but for that I reached out cause I'm like, I'm not super sure, you know, if this is, so I'll ask someone who they, they do like these big murals all the time. So I'll like see what, see what he thinks. Um, so that's, like, kind of, that's how that happened. And then sometimes um,
3: I'll just think about, like, how long I think it's going to take, you know? And, like, my base, if, if like, not
1: anything else, I've got, like, a number that I don't ever do day rates just because it's, like, I just, that's kind of another rule that I don't, I just don't do it. And unless in very special circumstances. The last day rate I did was a job for YouTube. And that was a very good idea because <laughs> <laughs> I ended up negotiating this like huge day rate. I think it was like almost thousand dollars a day. And because I thought we were just gonna bang it out. And I'm like, I don't want to do a day rate cause I'm gonna get it screwed, you know? Um, so they were like, uh, 700 and I'm like, no. No, like for what I'm doing for what you're doing it's more valuable than that and it's always it's hard as the artist to do that sometimes like it's nice to have somebody else who's working for you know to like I know a lot of illustrators that have a separate email address and they with a different name and they're like Susan's gonna get back to you and then Susan sends an email you know like
2: interesting
0: yeah and so they like
1: so they don't have to be the one to to like you know you know pinch pennies right which i hate that mostly
0: playing their own good cop bad cop right splitting it up
1: yeah and i don't i usually am just like okay like i i'm i i hate talking about money so much that i'm just like well how much you got you know <laughs> and so but but the youtube thing i was for sure that it, we were just going to get it and like i was going to spend a day on it and it was going to be over so i'm like seven hundred dollars youtube that just doesn't seem right you know as a day like that's the only way we we're going to pay because we were paying you as a freelancer you know and it was a friend of mine who worked there who kind of brought me in so i was like a oh, man not, you know and i had just gotten paid there was another big agency job It was like this photo shoot and it was one day so and they had to pay me as a as a day rate so i was like uh i don't know like a thousand she was like "No, no no like way higher and <laughs> I was like 3000 she was like yeah we, yeah let's maybe do that maybe at 3500 I was like okay okay yes <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so and I just showed up and like drew a thing and and it was over but that made sense for that you know and so I was you know with the YouTube thing I had to kind of push back I was like I, I thought, you know my day rates a 1000 and um which I don't think you can do that in Dallas in new york i think you can you can say a thousand dollars for a day rate as a designer but i don't since i never used day rates i don't have any idea maybe that's and i guess it kind of depends but the the point of this whole stupid story is that it ended up paying off because we ended up working on that one and then like five more which each took like three weeks and it was like huge money yeah (laughs) and they were like okay and even if i spent like three hours that day on it i would just they were like if you spend time on it that's a day Mm -hmm. like great and so like that was awesome because i was just like working on the stupid stuff for a few hours and then just sending my like filling up my little day rate form and at the end of the week it was like
3: there's a million dollars. So is that,
1: was it just that
0: you would only be like the work that you had to do that day only took you a couple hours yeah. and you had to wait on them mm-hmm. to be able to respond to do
1: anymore. Right. Okay. Or they had specific things that they needed or like a revision, you know, or something. So you're just kind like, of
0: needing to be on call for it. Yeah. So I'm there already.
1: And that's, that was their point. But the other thing that I pushed back on for, for that project was they wanted me to come in and work there. And I was like, no. And I'm like, I feel like it's okay to say no like that sometimes, especially if it's, you have a legitimate reason. And my reason was like, I, I work with my hand on these tools that I have in my studio. If I go there, you know, what, what am I going to do? Bring all of my, I have this giant Cintiq tablet and like an iMac and a, all of my paints and stuff here. Like, that's what I, I've got to be able to use all these tools. And they're like, And Oh yeah, okay. Fine, great, makes sense, you know, because they they don't. Whenever they hire a freelancer, they are always, you know, they're always coming in to the office. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not coming in the office, and that's another thing. After, especially after working with Nickelodeon, I don't do much of those like freelance, like traditionally freelance things anymore. But I got to where I was like, no, I'm not coming. I'm not coming in. I'll do so all my you, work from so here.
3: So you
0: look at, when you think of the term <laughs> freelancing, you actually think more of like going in to an agency to fill a role, like temporarily in a slot. Yeah. Okay. To fill a role, okay. like a temporary role. Okay. Um, yeah. I
2: know but people I know kind
0: it of can, look at it, it kind of, it's, it's
1: one of those terms that kind of, yeah, it's a little loosey goosey. Cause yeah. some people are like, well, if you're on your own working for a bunch of clients as a, like an individual, then you're a freelancer. Right. And like, that's the other, you know, that's the other way you can go. Just the kind of the way that I think about it. Right.
0: But the two aren't necessarily
1: separated. Right. Like,
0: no, just kind of depends. I don't know. Yeah. So, it depends. It not i just, you know, I'm like, for me, maybe I'm filling a role as a video producer in an agency, but I'm not, right. I'm not going in and like sitting down and right. using their computer. Cause somebody's out whenever I'm doing it, it's, right. Hey, we don't have anybody on staff that does this cause we don't need it that much. Right. So they are hiring that out for like a project. Yeah. Yeah. But client facing with the client, it's I'm part of whatever
1: agency that is
0: not yeah. v k c
1: yeah, yeah, so like i you wouldn't get like a credit on the work, you know it's like a lot of time if I'm doing something that I'll get a my name's on it, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm getting a credit, mm-hmm. so like that's not to me that's not like freelance that's like i'm in an illustrator i mean which it's it's dumb it's like who cares you know but um the the most of what I'm doing is like it's set up like. I'm an illustrator.
0: When it comes to contracts, do you use contracts? Oh
3: gosh, I'm so not bad at contracts. You...
1: I'm, I am the, the, the picture of like what not to do with contracts. So what should we not do? Well, you should not, not use contracts okay. like me. <laughs> I, if, if in, somebody has a contract for me to sign, I'll go ahead and sign it and like read it kind of. <laughs> and, uh, and the reason, and but I don't have my own contract. And like, there's a girl. There's a um, a friend of mine who is incredibly smart, um, and she she runs a digital media um, agency in New York. And she um, worked at Spotco before she went out on her own. And going out on her own meant she like hired like immediately hired like all these people and like made millions of dollars. <laughs> it's like. Dang it! <laughs> she's just like super duper sharp and like has a business mind and it was also very like has great taste and um so she is the person if there's a business thing that i'm thinking about i'll always just ask her for her advice it's also good to have those people that you can know you can like ask qu- weird questions it's like if there's a business thing i'm gonna go ask wade and sit Sa- and my friend sarah and like just to see, I kind of like take the temperature on it. But she was like, um, "What are you using for your contract?" I was like, "Yeah, I don't have one." She was like, "Are you serious?" I was like, "Yeah. Is that? A, it's fine. I've never, nothing bad has ever happened to me." She was like, "That is horrible." Here's like, she's like, "Here's this contract, blah blah blah," and she like hooked me up with this app or whatever that had like the basic, you know, was like, you have to get this contract signed every time. And for me, it's like, I don't have time a lot of times to so like get a contract and then like send it over and have them, somebody sign it and then I'll sign it and do it. I'm just like, let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> you <laughs> say you want to do this. I want to do this. Let's, let's do, it. Just do it. Let's Who do, cares? It's cool. it's Shake. But like, it's so dumb and it's something for years I've, I've. So if anyone has any advice on um, contracts, I would love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like again the only reason is like I feel like until I get screwed <laughs> I don't think I'll I don't think I'll like get whipped into shape hey you know?
0: anybody out there listening this is your <laughs> chance to pull a fast one Jeff. I
1: know I feel <laughs> like oh, actually
0: speaking of I had this really big project and they do work on hey, for
1: me uh, I've gotten so screwed uh, a couple of times but not huge but it's because usually the clients I'm working for like know what they're doing and so I'm not worried which is stupid. It's stupid to like, I'm going to listen to myself in like two years after like some catastrophe after I get like sued or something and think that was so dumb that I didn't use contract. But I feel like what I need to do is just do what Sarah did was there's all kinds of apps out there, like legal kind of apps for artists. That's really easy that you can just get a simple contract. that just basically protects you. Um, if they don't already have one, a lot of times they'll have one, you know, that is doing the thing that, right. you know, Right, I don't need my own contract. Like we have this agreement, here's a contract, it's in writing, it's legal, it's really well prepared, you know, so it's fine, I'll sign that. And um, like, I would say like 60% of the time, that's how the contract thing works. And the rest of the time, I just don't bother with it. Okay. Um, I just send an invoice and then, more and more, I'm working with like local business owners, which that's where things get hairy because they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm there's like three invoices right now that have been out and they're late from local business owners that I'm it's, it's awkward. It's like, it's awkward to have to keep sending you, like, Hey, uh, checking on that invoice. <laughs> it's two, two months overdue Yeah, hey, you, uh... you want to run by? I'll come by. And I like, then my next step, there's one person that like, that I'm, they just won't write me back. And it's, this two, it's this stupid little tiny, like $500 thing that I did in like a day. And it's so annoying. Yeah, it is. It's like, just send like, me dude, a Dude, I did. I, I trusted you. Yeah, I did the thing. But I'm like, I'll just run by, I guess. I guess I'll just awkwardly show up and get in their face. Yeah. And I hate that. But, you know, I don't have to do stuff like that very often. Usually I send an invoice and then a check arrives. Yeah, it's good. You know? What, uh,
0: I know we're kind of get running long on time here, so oh, yeah. we're going to wrap up in a few minutes. Yeah. But kind of with that, I guess, what are, I mean, because you have a lot of experience, sounds like from agency to non-agency, being freelance and kind of a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are the things that you feel like in hindsight are the most important things uh, for somebody to take away? That might be a new freelancer that if you were to look back at yourself and younger and go like, Hey, here are the things that you need to know to do
1: this well or right. I'll say, I'll say two things and then I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, two things immediately bump jump into my mind. The first thing is <clears throat> just be, um, always be true to yourself and the work that you want to do. And that's something that is hard for me to say because I'm at this point, not very good at it. I have a hard time carving out time to do my own work. Um, I have two kids and like always client work and it feels hard. It feels really hard to like spend a day on an idea that I have. That might not go anywhere or something, but I have to remember the whole reason I'm doing this is because I spent all those hours on my own doing experimental passion projects and making work that I just wanted to make, with no hesitation. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so being disciplined enough to, uh, to do the work that you want to do, even
1: when it seems like your job is gratifying and because it's just, it's just really important. And I'm speaking to myself, I think more than anything, but when I was young, I was, it took me a while to get into that rhythm. But if like you're a young person listening, um, younger person, you know, I'm 40. So if you're like in your thirties, you're like young, (laughs) you still have a chance, still have a chance. No, but if you're like You know, if you got lots of time, like, basically, if you aren't married and don't have kids (laughs) and, like, you're, like, really busy, um, but that's what I would say to my younger self, having not been married and not having kids, knowing that, like, wow, now I really don't have any time. Like, I had lots of time back then, and I, I spent a lot of it working and doing work, which I'm glad I did. So it's, like, just bust your ass and work as much, like, make as much work as you can. Especially if you're in a creative field, you know, I mean, especially that's kind of the only people that I'm talking to right now, I guess, but like, um, and just try every, you know, try everything. If you have an interest, something seems interesting, like spend a week on it, you know, and don't feel bad about it. Just like get in there and like work. And if something's interesting to you, just do it, you know? just figure out how to do it. And like for myself right now, I've got to, I've got to get back to doing that. Otherwise what I'm doing is not sustainable. I'm just going to keep doing the same thing over mm-hmm. and over until no one cares about me anymore. <laughs> you know? Like, on oh, he's been doing great work for a long time, but he's been doing the same thing, the same thing. And like what, and I, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it now. Um, I just, I, I gotta get something, especially now that this lettering thing is such a big thing. And I hate being associated with, with it, you know, (laughs) but like, um, I don't know. So the (laughs) second thing I'll, I'll move on. So like do, do the work that you want. That's some of the best advice that I was given when I was younger. And it's still some of the best advice that anyone could give, like a creative person, do the work that you want to do and like work your ass off on it as much as you possibly can. The second thing is be positive. You know, the one thing that I learned from that McDonald's experience was there was a director, the director of that commercial, his name is Omri, Omri Cohen. And, um, I don't know why I can remember that cause I can't remember anyone's name, but, um, he made it such an impression on me. He was a photographer and then turned director and he was kind of like the hotness or whatever at the time he was directing all these Nike commercials. And
3: he was kind of a younger guy. And, um, he, during that week was like, we became like pals. Like, he was just like, you're awesome. Like, we
1: need to hang out when we get, because he lived in New York. He's like, when you get back to New York, like, man, we need to collaborate on stuff. And like, what you're doing is so so cool. We'd be in meetings and everyone's stressed out. And he's like over on the side, like throwing baby carrots at me and stuff. (laughs) And I'm like, we're cool. And his whole thing, like the agency people were like, well, we only have four hours to do this one thing. And he's just like chilling and he's just like, it's fine. Well, we'll get there on the day. It's going to be great. I know because this guy's awesome and we're going to be great, you know? So like, I'm just like, man, we're like, he's awesome. And so on the day it was high, like it, it was, I won't go into it, but we only had a certain amount of time to shoot because there are all these union people there. If we, if we went over, then it had to pay all these union people overtime, which is like super expensive. Yeah. Um, so I had to paint this giant thing. And my time kept getting less and less. And so I ended up having like five hours to paint the whole thing. And um, Omri the whole time was just like, chill. And uh, that made me chill. And that made me feel super duper confident. Because he was like, telling everyone, like, he's got this, we've got this, it's gonna be awesome, it's gonna be so fun. And he was like, chill. Flash forward, we get back to New York. I like send him an email. I was like, hey, man, like, let's get some coffee, blah, blah, blah. Ghosted. <laughs> Never heard a word back. I tried him a couple more times. And then I realized he was directing me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he was doing his job. Like he was, his job was to direct the commercial. And he knew that I was not an actor, and that I had no experience, that he needed to build me up and build my confidence to the max so that he could get what he needed out of me. Yeah. Um, so I haven't talked, obviously I hadn't talked to him about any of that stuff, but I 100% know that that, like that's what was going on, you know? And I respected that so much. I was like, that is, fr- that is really professional. <laughs> like that, he really did a good job. You know, if he just said like, okay, I know there's a lot of pressure. It's, there's a lot riding on you doing, you know, it's like,
3: I know this. We all know this, but it's
1: okay. Just don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Don't worry. But he like did this thing. So like, I took that and I use that all the time now. With especially if it's a client where, um, there's a lot at stake. There's a lot of money. The times that everyone's getting stressed, I feel like my job is to, like, dismantle and like cool everyone out. Like where if they're like, you need to do this. We, and, and you need to do this and blah, 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 And I'm just like, yeah, cool. Like, it's great. It's going to be so fun. I'm so happy to like be working with you guys on this. And like, if I'm f- sensing the stress, even if I'm not, m- most of the time I'm super stressed, you know? Yeah. But you're like, oh, you but I can't be like, oh, I don't know, man. Fake it till you yeah, can make no. It. Like, and like, No, it's if, gonna be fine. Like, I, hope oh, it, yeah. I hope it is gonna be fine. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Like in your like is it actually, I don't know. I don't know if it's no, gonna no, be no, fine. No, no. But like my thing is like if you can just exude like confidence and like and calm in in the midst of like a project, um that goes a long way. I I think that calmness
0: lends itself to finding yeah, the comments of positivity yeah. lends itself to actually finding solutions in those moments yeah. that maybe would, would have been there either way, but being stressed, you would be so worried about something falling apart yeah. that you wouldn't have the clarity to see that thing there and go, oh, we can mm-hmm. pivot or do whatever this way.
1: Yeah. And like practically what that kind of like ends up looking like is a client you're working with throws something at you like, oh, we need these revisions by tomorrow. And your reaction, my reaction like every time is just to like cuss them out or like be super negative or just be like, what the hell? Like, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. And get pissed. Yeah. But then you got to take a step back. You got to be professional about it and figure out you took the job. It's your job. You got to, again, going back to this idea of like owning it. And you have like, I'm like, okay, and I just have to sit and kind of figure out how it's going to, we're going to get it done. Cause that's my job. I got to get it done. Like if it's supposed to be done tomorrow, like maybe I know this person a little bit and I can be like, is there any sort of slack? Like maybe if it's on a Friday or something, which it always, you know, it's like, can we say Monday morning so I can have some of the weekend, you know, you can kind of do that. But, but for me, like my first reaction sometimes is to just get
3: hostile and like angry and um, just to be like, yeah, 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 cool. Like, uh, and just try to calm
1: it down. Cause obviously, in the last, in that, in the situation like that, that person's very stressed out, you know, and just to come back with, like, yeah, man, it'll be great. Let's get it done. I might have to have a few more hours past that. If that's doable, let me know. If not, like, we'll figure it out. Like I say, like, we'll figure it out. It's going to be great. Like all the time when I'm just like, Oh my God. But if like, if I've signed on and I've agreed to do the job, like that's your, that's now your job. You know, if you, there's certain clients like I'm dealing with, I'm kind of going back and forth with this person who wants a mural and there's so many red flags going up. I'll probably just be like, you know what? I'm, 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 I just, or makeups, you know, like I just got this thing. It's going to kick me out for the next couple of months. I'm. I'll help you find somebody else to, you know, just cause like, I know that if I get into it, it's going to there, you know, it's going to be horrible. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So part of it is like seeing the red flags beforehand. But my thing is like, if you agree to do something, then it's your job now to, to like be as professional as possible. And then if they call you back, you can say no, or it might be, it might end up being fine. And then, you'll get another job out of it, you know? Anyway.
0: Thanks for coming on, man. You're welcome. I blab, blab lab on. I love it, dude. <laughs> I love it. It's a great conversation. I feel like we'll probably maybe do it another one at some point. I cool. feel like a lot of the people that I've had on here at some point, I could see myself in like a couple of years coming back around to it and being like, so what's going on since the yeah, last yeah. time we talked. And yeah, it's fun to just have conversations with people and get to know them. man. Yeah, so totally. Thanks for coming. Yeah. And uh, where can people find you and your
1: work online? Yeah, so my website that I haven't updated in like three years is, uh, is howdy, howdyjeff.com, which is was really cute when I lived in New York. Uh, but now that I'm in Texas, it's just kind of lame. Um, but they're uh, <laughs> like, uh, did you go to AM? I'm Usually like, oh. you primarily design country, like like fashion footwear, yeah. like boots and right? scars and howdy, hats. Howdy, Jeff.
3: <laughs> yeah. Howdy, Jeff. Howdy.
1: Oh my gosh. Anyway, well, that was fun. But Instagram is just F, F Rogers, and I don't know how to say it. Froggers, Rogers, who knows? I don't. F it's Rogers. So stupid. Maybe I, I should get because my problem is there's like a million Jeff Rogerses, and they've already taken all this stuff. So is it just the letter F or is it just e the letter F. F? Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Frogger, Froggers, Rogers, 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 Rogers.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> we'll put some links to that in the show notes as well. Sweet. Thank you all for listening this week. Yeah. And uh, if if you have found this helpful or any other episodes, if you've had a chance to listen to them, I would appreciate it if you'd go leave a rating and a review on the show. And it helps me to get some validation. And, uh, <laughs> and me being very just, you know, candid about this. <laughs> uh, but also it helps other people that may be potentially interested in the show to know if this is actually something worth listening to or not. And it helps me to know if I'm making something that's worth listening to. I think I am. I think it's fun. Uh, but I'd like to hear your feedback. Uh, thank you so much for listening and be back with you next week with another interview. Freelance Freddy is a VKC production. VKC is a freelance content creator based in the United States and available worldwide. VKC: big production value, freelance agility and scale.